Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Get the Table. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Havlett and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Tupa, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, all-roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick. And gents, we are gathered here today to talk all about Jeff Hardy being all elite. We discussed this briefly on our AEW Dynamite review podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcast from. But once again, Sid, your reaction to this not exactly surprising development? It wasn't. Um, there was a report. Um, Dave Meltzer speculated on Observer Radio that WWE were looking to like get AEW after Jeff let slip that. You know, he was AEW bound when he wasn't exactly allowed to say that. And they've realistically booked the angle <laughs> setting up his, routine, uh, his return during his non-compete period. So I was not surprised, I was not stunned, nor was I shocked, nor was I, look, cards on the table, not the biggest Hardy Boys guy. Loved them at the time, but that was about it. But they have this enduring connection with fans that is, I wouldn't say unparalleled, but they have such a loyal, like Jeff in particular, no offense, Matt, he always gets this as well, <laughs> but Jeff Hardy in particular, people absolutely love Jeff Hardy, and they have loved him for decades, plural, so I was, I guess, happy on their behalf, wrestling fans, yeah, some of the, the ones who follow me are obviously legends, but you know, some, some of the others, mm. you said you you said that they that them getting Jeff Hardy could well be more of a needle move than them, them signing, say, Cole and Keith Lee, for example. Potentially, if you look back at ROH's gate records, the biggest, other than the MSG one, which, you know, a lot of that was New Japan, a mm -hmm. lot of that was sold under the premise that the elite would still be in ROH and, in fact, New Japan. And if you look beyond MSG, their two largest gates in history were for Kenny Omega, he's a draw, <laughs> versus <laughs> Cody Rhodes at the 2018 Supercard of Honor. And the next best one, um, when the promotion wasn't quite as hot, this is what got the promotion red hot, was the Hardy Boys versus um, the Young Bucks in a ladder war. Like, people love the goddamn Hardy Boys. The last time Impact Wrestling was truly relevant mm -hmm. when the Hardy Boys were doing things, different things, 
to what they, I goddamn hope, we'll get to this later, are going to do in AEW. Mm, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks in due course, but a really emotional moment, wasn't it, on last night's Dynamite? It was, and I think that's, it's like helped me personally, and I imagine quite a lot of other people as well. Me too, I would just like to say. Mm. Like, within the bubble, or trapped mainly by our own subjective takes, we maybe don't consider the fan base view outside of this world. And a lot of those people love the Hardy Boys, and you got the emotional moment of Matt and Jeff hugging in the ring. The look for all the, the dancing as he made his way to make the save <laughs> has been roundly and rightfully mocked. It's been done affectionately so. It's there's been more people having fun with the Hardys about it rather than mocking them for the abuse of the process, if mm. that makes sense. So it does just show this incredible, like, overwhelming affection towards the Hardy Boys that has been there since, like, what? That, I was going to say their Attitude Era peak, but that would be unfair. They've they've had more than one run that could be considered their peak, and lots of fans will have their own sort of favourite Hardy moments. And Jeff, in particular... Um, Sorry, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the thing with Jeff is, when it comes to the conversations about most AEW signings, there's, there's two chats to be had, isn't there? There's a, lots of subjective debate about if you like wrestler A or B, just in general, if they're to your tastes. But B, it becomes rationalising them as if somehow, like, Tony Khan's checkbook needs to be co-signed by us. A lot of people <laughs> like to discuss who should be on the roster, who shouldn't, as if there are rules to this, to this game. There's not specifically, but Jeff Hardy, there are plenty of arguments that back up that he is absolutely worth the money that whatever it is are spending on him. Um, there are multiple times where Jeff Hardy has been a needle mover in terms of merchandise, in terms of pay-per-views, and that's not just as a, like a niche concern in TNA, that's at the very highest level in WWE, and not just even in the boom period for the Hardys in you know the year 2000 or whatever. So more so than a lot of people's favourites who will come in and have these bangers or have these great matches, there's lots of evidence to suggest that, as Cedric says, like Jeff could be a star in a way that maybe people wouldn't perceive him as, that could be a difference maker rather than, rather than somebody that comes and feels immediately like they just fit and mm. maybe this is where they should have been all along. While Jeff does do that because of Matt's stay in AEW, there's perhaps something more to his arrival than some of the others. We'll talk again, uh, like I say, about potential big tag team matches, including the Young Bucks for the Hardy Boys in due course. But one of the first questions we got asked uh, after this uh, revelation on last night's Dynamite on the news this morning, for example, was some of your matches that you're looking forward to, singles matches, let's start with, for Jeff Hardy in AEW. Darby Allen's an obvious place to start, isn't he? They kind of showed us Darby Allen straight away, and why would you not? I don't know the um, how long they've got Jeff Hardy in for or how long Tony Khan like, plans to want to use him or keep him for, but it's a bit like in the sign of CM Punk. You can line up a laundry list of dream matches, but when you've got that many, why not show people one? So Darby Allen, by manifesting that on night one, they've kind of promised you that it's going to happen. It's not just one of these things that might lurk in the background. Um, so Darby Allen wanted me, similar to Darby Allen, because he's a pillar and because of the way he works. Sammy Guevara, mm -hmm. um, interesting that he lost his title while attempting to basically risk everything putting his body on the line almost recklessly in a way Jeff Hardy might have once done. You could actually have Jeff Hardy play in the same way that Sting has been this sort of father figure to Darby Allen. Jeff Hardy could be a father figure to Sammy Guevara and the other young risk takers as they want to say, not only like do I completely get why you're doing it, I kind of encourage it too because it did make me a star, but there are times to do it. You've got to learn your lessons. Mm -hmm. They've enjoyed deploying Christian. In that, in that role with Jungle Boy and helping him find his edge. Jeff Hardy could be the, you know, the guy that tries to help nurture the psychotic uh, pillars or something <laughs> like that. So there's matches with the likes of Sammy Guevara. Um, 
obviously, there's, you know, we're going to talk about the tag dream matches. But as well, I was fascinated by just Jeff Hardy and Sting sharing a ring together. There is water under the bridge. We talk a lot about AEW, like, having the right to be the custodians of wrestling history just as much as WWE. And TNAs and Impacts is there for the taking. And I think there's, I don't know, I think there'd be quite a lot of heft to the two of them being able to rewrite a very ugly period of their shared history in a place where, just generally speaking, nicer things happen in pro wrestling. I wouldn't not want to see that. For me, and I say this quite a lot whenever we fantasy book any new arrival in AEW um, on the back of their actual debuting, my mind often goes to MJF. Uh, (laughs) The actual content of the promos potentially wouldn't endorse. I would be unbelievably captivated by if, in fact, they go that route. And that's the genius of the MJF character. Like, you would be considered a mark for yourself as a wrestler, if you wouldn't allow MJF to do his bit, you'd be considered, it's such a paradox, like you'd be considered unprofessional if you weren't allowed, if you didn't permit MJF to say the most awful things imaginable. Say MJF pitching this line and someone saying, oh, really like, reminds me of some really upsetting personal tragic times in my life. Now don't be a mark for yourself. (laughs) Professional. Like what a winner of a gimmick that is. He can be a total dick and the person's unprofessional and won't do business for not doing it. (laughs) What an absolutely genius bit that is and that's an incidental aside but the reason, I'm not just like a cheap heat hound. One of the reasons why I think MGF and um, Jeff Hardy would work tremendously well together is that Jeff Hardy isn't the same Jeff Hardy as we remember him in 1999 or even in 2009, which, yes, I realize was 13 long years ago. (laughs) But Jeff Hardy, it should never go understated how over he was when he left voluntarily WWE. He was so incredibly over. He was WrestleMania, tippy-top, last match over as a baby face. Um, But he's not that performer anymore He's, I wouldn't say severely broken down. It's not like heroes of wrestling, Jeff Hardy. He's certainly mobile enough to work a competent match by the standards of North American TV. You're going to feel that Swanton Bomb if you with it. You're taking more of the the effect of the Swanton Bomb than he used to, for example. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of the misconception with Jeff Hardy is that he's this incredible bumper. Obviously, he was. He's very infamous and famous and, in fact, beloved for his stunt work and these unhinged bumps that he used to take. But latter-day Jeff Hardy, he's really good at selling. He's always been exceptionally good at selling, and not just ragdoll physics of the bump, of drawing fans into his matches. It's one of the reasons why he has a true emotional connection with crowds. MJF is incredible at the space between moves. He's incredible at making everything matter. Him being a complete cock to Jeff Hardy, him sort of slowly dissecting Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy selling that. Like I generally think there's a great program there. In terms of the tag team ranks, obviously we'll talk about the young books, but like I was just thinking that my mind when you talk about like bonkers high flyers goes to Dante Martin, for example, and then I thought, oh, Darius is now there. Why not do them versus the Hardys, which would be great as well? Yeah, top flight and a friendly enough exhibition, private party and a grudge match stemming from the events of his debut. They'd be both great matches, but I like to think as well that AEW are more smart at crafting their layout. He wouldn't just get a greatest hit set, mm. um, which they are not capable physically of doing anymore, <laughs> like they used to be able to do in 1999, 2000, 2001. Um, I wouldn't want to see a diluted version of that neither. And AEW, if you watch it, this is not a company that makes its performers dye its beards brown. It's not a company that has this really eerie way of just trying to preserve all of its acts in amber as he's late 30-somethings. Like, they embrace people's age, their flaws. Look at the arc of Dustin Rhodes. 
Incidentally, they should have been doing that WWE with Jeff Hardy for the past two years. Mm. Like this incredibly, like protected to a degree so that beating him meant something. But he should have functioned to be this really emotional um, wrestler who could sort of inspire genuinely sort of impassioned fan reactions to watch the guy sell and sell and sell and sell and sell. He's campaigning for it himself. He wanted that, that title fight with Roman Reigns and you could have sold it as this could be my last shot at the title. And he chased example. the 24-7 title. He chased the 24-7 title. He threw a piss in someone's face. So I'd like to see <laughs> certain matches with Top Flight and Private Party before we get to the, the real main event, if you like, mm. in which the Hardy Boys do a lot of their stuff but make it seem in the moment like they're still not really capable of it and the younger generations have passed them by and then when they eventually go to the top rope and do their like signature aerial offense, it actually means something. Mm. It's got some emotional weight behind it. But the way that AEW allows its talent, encourages its talent to tell actual deep pro wrestling stories, I think we might be able to get that out of the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys had a really... Like, I don't want to say it was underrated, but I think just WWE's content churn has meant it's been slightly forgotten. It was like very highly praised at the time, um, but it, it's just not the sort of stuff that people go back and watch, I imagine. Um, had a good series with The Bar, not long after they came back, yep. a few years back. Mm. And if you look at like sort of two perfect versions of what The Bar were, or what like what they were as a tag team, you've got FTR and you've got the House of Black, and you get two great matches with both those teams. You've got FTR work, like working as the bar did, perfectly simpatico with one another, being able to theoretically break down these like these wrestlers that present themselves at first as more weathered versions of themselves, and then gradually they reveal, no, we've still got this. And then in the House of Black, you've got the more the power game of Cesaro and Sheamus that theoretically they're the big guys. Like Hardy Boys are veterans, but you can also reduce them in physical stature. Mm. You can still make them the little guys as if it's 1999 in the fight in the APA, and then all of a sudden it's like well, it doesn't matter about our size because we've got this wealth of experience that you can't compete with. You get two potentially fantastic... I mean, this is the benefit of such a stacked tag roster in AEW. You've got a... We're finding now with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, you've got this litany of matches. Some are going to work better than others, of course, but you're never short on opponents just to try stuff out. I want to see the acclaim because I want Max Caster to be let loose to rap about them in the entrance and see them... You know, we want Jeff Hardy to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. That is the theme of this podcast, obviously. But, uh, not least because... Like, he, he sort of often comes good when he does. I, I often find myself enjoying Jeff Hardy in spite of myself. I remember a run he had as a singles wrestler when he was uh, feuding with Randy Orton. He probably should have beat him at the Royal Rumble 2008, and he didn't. But you had, like, Jeff Hardy... That, that mint reversal into the RKO. Yeah. He, the build up where he climbed the truss and he jumped on him. And it, like, he, he felt like this big start, and there was, there was theoretically nothing I should have enjoyed about Jeff Hardy at that point in my life. But I just found myself glued to it all over again and I think sometimes the same with the CM Punk feud in WWE the, the worst time that guy's having you do sort of find yourself drawn to want to support him mm. There's that's, that's an it factor that's an intangible all that sort of stuff AEW can definitely capture that again with him and them as a, as a Hold up What was that? Boring No flavour That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Team, is the match with the Young Bucks, between the Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys, sort of inevitable for you? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, you know, it it would be too cynical to suggest that the Young Bucks have wanted the Hardy Boys in AEW in their sandbox since AEW fall. That's not fair. They're, they're there on merit and, you know, for a lot of reasons. But it was a dream match for them once or a dream program for them once. You know, the inspirations were always obvious. The match they had the night before the Hardy Return to WWE was a, a total ripper, like an all-timer for Ring of Honor. And the Young Bucks, I don't think, would permit that match to fail in an AEW ring, I just I simply don't think they would allow it. They've established this four-star minimum standard, and they look like they're doing it with ease. Like, there's no way that they don't make it happen. They don't make it worthwhile. They don't... I would I would honestly think they'll probably try and, like, put it on a pay-per-view. They'll dedicate television to it. I don't want... As much as it's this obvious dream match, oh, we've, we've got to put these teams together because you just have to put them next to each other on a graphic. I imagine the Young Bucks would like to tell a story with it on their show. It was a good story, in Ring of Honor, it was the Hardy Boys expedition of gold where they were traveling through time and space to collect all the titles. But you can tell quite a nice, tight narrative tale about how the Young Bucks had to effectively, you know, how they built the ring in their back garden to be the Hardys. They've now had to build a ring in terms of building AEW in order to bring them back to have the match. So there's just loads of really nice, rich stuff you can do with it. If you go back or if you start reading the Young Bucks autobiography, um, they obviously idolise Matt and Jeff Hardy. They talk a lot about how much influence they've had on their careers as if they needed to write it down. They are also, um, in that autobiography, like they are pretty much despondent still that the ROH thing cut, got cut short because they signed for WWE like after the first ROH match that they had. And they were very respectful. They said, look... We understand the decision that the Hardys made at the time. They were obviously going to make the best decisions for themselves and their financial future and their families rather than just working some matches with the Young Bucks. We completely understood their decision, but we were a little bit heartbroken by it because we wanted it to go longer. Like, they will really want this to happen. A lot of fans will really want it to happen. And I think it could be very, very good, even if it's not as explosive, as inexplicably explosive as the ROH one was in, mm. what was it, 2017? Yeah. Mm. 
how they managed to make the Hardy Boys look like the Hardy Boys at that advanced stage of their career was like a masterpiece. Like probably the Young Bucks' most impressive work, if not their very best. Not their very best, but their most impressive. Mm. They could, as Hamlet said, they'd work their goddamn arses to try and make that happen again. Just on that as well. That I mean, I know again, we're t- like time just like moves so fast now. Twenty seventeen feels relatively recent, but wrestling has changed irreversibly, and obviously, you know, times are always marches forward. So we're five years on from that. Even like the, the the Hardys are five years older, the books are five years older, but that period, even though it was five years ago, does speak to the fact that the Hardys, if they want to, can still just find that extra gear. They worked the ladder match on the Saturday. They worked a WrestleMania ladder match on the Sunday. They had it in them to work two like physically demanding matches over forty eight hours. And yes, five more years have gone by, but they've not bumped as hard in the last five years. You'd like to be optimistic that they've got another little run like mm-hmm. that. And, or they know where to find that little something extra when it counts. That's one of the things about being experienced as well, is knowing when to pick your moments and pick your bumps. So I don't even doubt the quality so much. I, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of faith in the quality of it. Uh, we'll get to talking about their, or specifically Jeff's creative control in a few minutes. But Sid alluded to the fact that Jeff could be a genuine needle mover for, for AEW. Uh, with that in mind, is there a chance Jeff Hardy competes for or even becomes uh, AEW world champion for you, Hamlet? Absolutely not in terms of winning, but hard, yes, in terms of competing for it. Um, I just, I cannot for the life of me understand why when they've never been so short on stars, WWE just didn't go all the way with Jeff Hardy again as recent as, what, 2021? Was it, or 2020, whatever his last like sort of proper run was. Um, it was in 2021 when fans came back. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Like, and he was chasing... Jesus for the Christ, we didn't hear enough about more than words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, because he beat Karrion Cross, didn't he, on Raw? Like, uh, I, I, I cannot fathom how he didn't get one more run. As you mentioned, the Roman Reigns thing, a perfect guy to beat. And that is probably where he slots in perfectly in terms of an AEW title programme. Maybe not something for a pay-per-view, but one of the very, very best TV feud challenges they've got for a heel champion. Um... You know, and the fact that Jeff Hardy's only just arrived means that it's probably not going to be Hangman. He's not going to have time to get to Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. You're talking the champion after that or the champion after that. Punk? Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. Like, if on a television match with CM Punk, I, like, I have no doubt would crack them. I know a million is the goal that fans invented, but you crack a million and then some with this match because we often talk, like, at mine and Sidgwick's age about, like, whether it be Hogan Warrior or, the, you know, there's various generations. Punk was a guy for people. Jeff Hardy was a guy for people. That feud was a feud for people coming in. Like, loads of people would flock to watch that if that was all they ever watched of wrestling because they remember it from, from their youth as well. Just, yeah, huge stock, I think, that you can build in Jeff Hardy to have that one last shot. I can't visualise him with the belt. AEW have protected their world title to the point where, like, when you were a kid with the WWE title, you really have to be able to picture them with it slung over the shoulder around their waist. Jeff Hardy, I can't put that image together, but I can definitely see the the one last try for it or the story that makes you believe that you're going to get at least one like white hot two count off a swanton with, on like in a title match. Definitely. Yeah, I was thinking something along the lines of, of uh, Christian when he you know, we never really thought he was going to become world champion, and there was obviously the world titles from Impact, for example, that they got involved with. But in terms of like you say, maybe not, a, probably certainly not a pay per view opponent for the world champion, but yeah, a, a TV special or whatever you want to call it. Would you reckon, Sige? Uh Treat him like firewood and use him for heat. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he's there for. He's not at the stage physically, and to be honest, we haven't touched on this, and we might not throughout. Ultimately, Jeff Hardy's a risk. He's mm. been a risk for so long in his career that it would be absolutely foolish. I don't want to 
come across as insensitive, but the harsh reality of the fact is that he is kind of a risk. He's always carried the risk factor in terms of can mm-hmm. you go all the way with Jeff Hardy. So not only is that still a factor, and it kind of always will be, but at the same time, he's not... He's no spring chicken. Not getting any younger. Yeah. So I would not like have him carry the brand in any way, shape, or form. And honestly, I'd just be happy if he just did Hardy Boy stuff until the day's deal expired. Um, but I agree with Hamlet. Beach break, um, New Year's Slam, St. Patrick's Day, bash, whatever. Battle for it. the belts. Battle for like the belts. A good title, a main event of one of them yeah. Battle for the Belts special. Absolutely. Like, no shame in losing. Give it his best effort. The heel just was enough of a dick to put him away. That sort of thing, mm. but not as, not as a champion. He doesn't quite make it to the top of his profession. Um, Sid, you've talked before in the office about his creative control. You've, you're very uh, tentative, let's say, with, with certain people. You're Malachi Blacks. You know, Darby Allen's got his little black and white films that yeah, he Yeah, but does. he's not like a, a wizard. No. But I like how you call him his little the, films. His little films. Yeah, sorry, to be dismissive there. <laughs> no, you should be. But um, yeah, Jeff Hardy's a creative person. There's the the I don't know what alter ego would you call it? Willow. He's yeah. got this alternative character, Willow. How do they? How much creative control does he get in terms of that? What What do they give him in AEW with this for you? Look, if you're a Willow guy, a law guy in general, or if you're into Jeff Hardy's brand of creativity, and there will be. Lots and lots of people out there who love anything Jeff Hardy does because, as we've, as we've established, he has this immense crowd connection. I would uh, keep that in the theatre of the mind. If you look at Matt Hardy's career throughout um, All Elite Wrestling, they did a lot of um, broken Matt Hardy stuff. Um, Stadium Stampede did actually work quite well. And the most underrated match probably in AW history was that street fight that led to it. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible. Jericho with the witch's hat cone. Awesome. <laughs> it did not work on a single occasion before or after that, like, double or nothing build. Like, the teleportation, rubbish. The stuff with Sammy Guevara, a few people pop for Gangrel and stuff, but what a drag at Full Gear 2020 that was. So you had, like, a show that was in a pandemic that had no right to feel like it was a show in a pandemic. And then, uh, here's Pandemic Mad doing his stuff. Tony Khan realistically, has come out on record as saying, look, I did it because it was a marketable act. I would be stupid not to see if it worked in AEW. It didn't. He's big big money, Matt. He's tethered in reality, and now he's going to be a hardy boy. We will not, unless things get desperate, I do not think we'll see Willow or an extension of the Broken Universe or Jeff Hardy being allowed to do Jeff Hardy things. I know Malachi Black does stuff that you could genuinely interpret as supernatural and I don't like that either so maybe Tony Garner is walking back his comments by booking Malachi Black or allowing Malachi Black to do these things I can't see it happening maybe that is just my hope you want to see firewood for heat uh, go back through Tony Khan's recently purchased Ring of Honor archives and see Willow work those shows because those fans despised that Willow character Jeff Hardy wow. in Ring of Honor in 2003 like would have flogged, like, you know, his appearance alone was flogging tickets that drew interest in, like, still a very small version of Ring of Honor as, like, as already developing cult classics with the CM Punk stuff that we've just seen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yet Willow comes in doing Willow stuff because in I think I think in Jeff Hardy's mind, if I'm remembering this correctly, he wanted to disassociate himself from the WWE version because he himself was sick of WWE. If you remember the rather sort of like acrimonious split mm-hmm. in 2003, not wanting to go to rehab and all that sort of thing. So he was as keen to get away from that Jeff Hardy and you know move on with his life. But Willow was not the player. Those Ring of Honor fans despised that gimmick. And TNA, no, like, TNA indulged Jeff Hardy a lot, and you can go back through the... TNA was always the, like, worst best or best worst promotion ever because it would bring in these people that you did want to see in a different context, but it would often pick the worst possible context. And Willow's stuff in TNA was just risible. And Jeff Hardy was one of the few stars that they had that they kind of needed. They needed him for his star power, and obviously we saw that was often to a fault, but they needed him for star power, and then, like, Willow just drained him of his star power. People laughed at Willow, even in TNA, where he kind of, at least Willow contextually fit a little bit more. We saw how eventually the Broken Universe, curated by Matt Hardy, and then later featuring Jeff, worked in Impact Wrestling. Took over, basically. Yeah, it, it was the last time, realistically, Impact was... Like genuinely relevant, or at least a regular topic of conversation in the pro wrestling discourse. Um, AEW doesn't need it, and nor does Jeff Hardy. No. I think that's that's the big thing. It's like for all that you know, we might say, like, kind of say with some worry and some concern that there might be a place of Willow or some of Jeff Hardy's creative excess. He doesn't need it either. AEW is a place where. Um, fans work back losers and credibility is vitally important and you're just going to watch the credibility drain from him. Like, they've, get, they've got his all, they've got the proper Hardy Boys music. They're keen on this presentation to feel right. It's damaging for everybody involved if they, like, stray too far away from that at this point in their careers. Fascinating to see where they go from here. Let us know your uh, fantasy booking of Jeff Hardy in AEW, what you'd like to see him do, who you'd like to see him face uh, in the comments section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, where you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. And you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Subscribe to Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from as well for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.